you know, nowadays, it, it seems like people are just getting crazier and crazier, especially when it comes to drugs and things of that nature, that, you know, they're taking things that literally could end their life instantly. You know, fentanyl will kill you people. And it only takes just a smidgen. And so there's this concept that I want to talk to you about and recap some from, from last week because, you know, maybe, maybe you're not really crazy after all. No? Maybe you're not so crazy. Maybe the feelings that you feel at times are not because you're crazy, it's just because you're human, right? Maybe you feel the way you feel because it's real. Do you, We've been talking about, because sometimes people, I believe, don't know how to deal with their emotions. They don't, have, they don't, they don't know how to deal with life. They, they, don't, they don't understand that pain is pain. And even God gave us insight to the Holy Spirit saying that the Holy Spirit could be grieved. Right? That we know that God got angry. Right? We know that God gets jealous. He said, I'm jealous over you. He got angry. We know that Jesus, you know, just got angry two or three times. But oftentimes we have people to tell us that what we feel must be wrong. I want you to know that there's an indicator that just helps you to realize that you are real. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm as real as they get. Right? See, denial doesn't make feelings go away. Can you say amen? Now, the scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I like to say it like this. We're one big, huge chemical factory. Right? So we know that the way that we feel can affect our emotions. It can affect our body. We know that cortisol levels and serotonin levels, melatonin, all these things, your liptin, all these things have an effect on our body. They do. Do you know that stress is proven to kill you? Right? Some of you thought it was your kids and your spouse. It's not. It's stress. Right? You come home from a hard day's work, you should come home to a peaceful home. Right? should be some sanctuary that we have, a place of peace. When you come into the house of God, you should feel peace. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I realize that people have put the Christian culture into this box. Now, there are some things I've enjoyed doing. I, I have. I, some of them I can't do anymore. Uh, after four shoulder surgeries, I, I think my cliff diving days is over. You know what I mean? I just, uh, where was I? I think it was in Nicaragua this last time, and man... I wanted to, uh, I wanted to swim out there to a place, and I just, I felt cautious. I'm like, wow, and that's a that's a horrible feeling for a man. You know what I mean? 
because, you know, I'd, I'd swim out there back in, you know, with my eyes closed and, and have a good time. And, and then you, you realize that I, I still love that adrenaline, but I, I have to kind of keep it in check. And I hate that word old. I mean, you know, somebody told me the other day, you know, because of some of the stuff I do, the guy said, and it was a very good compliment. He said, there's no doubt that you can beat these guys. He said, no doubt. He said, I have the absolute confidence that you will win. He said, but you're probably not going to be able to walk for three or four days. <laughs> and he said, it just ain't worth it. He said, just chill. You know, I'm like, chill to me is trying to kill you, right? Right? Who, who, who gets into a match and doesn't want to win? I, I don't play for fun. I play to win. Right? I don't know. If we're playing, I don't care what it is. Whatever game it is, I want to win. Somebody just says, well, I just enjoy the game. I don't want to play with you. you, you. <laughs> no. If I lose, I'm going to be mad. Right? Ugh. You know, I'm going to rethink it, you know. Then I'm going to ask you to play again. <laughs> is there any, am I the only one like that or is like, right? I'm like, do you know that the Bible tells us that this is a race that we run and everybody runs, but it says run like you want to win because only one receives the prize, right? You're going to have a mindset. Too many Christians are too passive Amen. about what they want in life and, and, and how they want to achieve it. You know, the, the, the greatest gift that you're ever going to realize is, is that this gift is, that's called eternal life was not meant for us to hide ourselves in these buildings made by bricks and stone. But there's an anointing that comes on your life that super exceeds anything that you experience just in this house. Because the Spirit of God wants to come alive, not here on Sunday where everything is safe. He wants to come alive on your job and in your homes and in your crazy family's life. And no matter where you are, because there's a woman somewhere at the well just waiting on you because she ain't coming to the synagogue. You listening? See, this is the moment that you come and you get encouraged because life is life. Right? But you understand something. Your job is what you get paid to do. It's what you get paid to do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's your purpose. The job can help pay for your purpose. But it doesn't necessarily mean it is your purpose. Right? Paul was a tent maker. It helped pay when there was a bunch of stingy people. Right? Right? He said, no, he said, I, I ain't going to starve. I can make a tent. Right? So he built tents and helped support himself, helped support others at times. But that wasn't, he wasn't called to be a professional tent maker. And the man wrote practically all of the New Testament. One of the, 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 one of the greatest figures in the New Testament. Your job is what you get paid to do. Right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it's your purpose. B 
being a Christian, what does it mean to you? How, 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 does, how does it reflect in your life? And the gifts that God gives us, how are we using those gifts to affect other people? What are we doing to make a difference in someone else's life? I told you last week that there are two things that the enemy, that he uses above anything else. Number one, he wants to try to get you to worship something other than God. And the number one thing he wants you to worship is yourself. Yourself. Self-love. What does the scripture say? In the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves. So if he can get you to worship you, he's got you. And he'll let you go to church as long as you're worshiping you and you ain't worshiping God. Are you listening to me? Right? And if he can't get you there, he'll try to cause so much difficulty in your life that your spirit will get broken. And he won't care if you come to church because he knows your light is out. And that what will transpire is that you will constantly have to be ministered to, ministered to. He will take your influence away for good. Because you're broken. Because who can bear a broken spirit? The Bible says that it dries up your bones. Right? So if the enemy can't get you to worship something else... I can assure you he's going to try to break your spirit. This is where you have to learn how to deal with people in this life. Because it would be easy if the devil would just appear to us and say, Hey, that's me causing all your trouble. Right? But the enemy has a way of using other people to try to get to you. Can I have a big hearty amen? Have you ever said that person, it, it, I, I want to slap them, blah, 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 blah. You, you know what you say. Put the picture with the, the, the thought there. How many of you ever known the enemy to use someone else to get to you? Huh? Listen, betrayal is part of life. Some people are going to love you, and they're going to tell you they love you, and then you're going to find out that they don't love you like you thought that they did right so what are you going to do you'll go crawl in the bed stick your head between your legs what huh that don't even sound right who wants to do that right sometimes you just have to look at something and accept the truth to it and realize that if you have purpose in life that the pain doesn't measure up to the purpose and you keep going forward it has to be that way now, I love that thrill. I love that excitement. I, 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 I don't want to leave this earth. Listen, dying is not so bad. It's, it's, it's not living that is horrible. Right? So when you die, you want to be finished in this life. You, you understand? You, you want to be finished. You want to have lived your life. You, you want to be like the Apostle Paul that he's come to this moment in his life. He's seen a lot. He's done a lot. And, 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 and yeah, he's gone through bunches of conflict and all that. But yet he was, he was able to even, while he's there in jail, to begin to offer up a praise unto the Lord. Who does that? Who does that? Sing a song unto the Lord 
under those conditions. But here comes a man that at the end of his days, he begins to say these words. He said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. He, he said, I finished. Everybody say that with me. Finish, finish. Listen, you don't want to be 82 years old. You don't want to be 85 years old and, and, and then uh, look up and, and understand that your time is about to end on this earth. And yet you, you can't remember anything significantly that you did for the kingdom. You don't want that to happen. Amen. You listening to me? Hmm? See, this is not you just coming to church and, and me just trying to maintain and manage you. I don't even want to be a manager. You understand? I want to see, when I look out there, I want to see some light in your eyes. I want to see that fire in your eyes. I want to see the Holy Spirit raging inside of you. Hmm? I don't want you to come in because you've had such a hard week and, and life has been this and, and it's been that. I want you to square your shoulders back and take whatever the hits that the enemy has given you and walk into the house of the Lord ready to give God praise. Understand? Because I can't take the conflict from you because the conflict is normal. It's normal. It's normal. That's just normal. It's normal. It's absolutely normal. And if you learn that, that you cannot call abnormal something that is normal, you will stop allowing the enemy to beat you up. You'll stop trying to change things here and relive it and relive it and relive it because that's called regret. And I want to tell you something. That's, it's time for you to stop living in regret. Because regret is you only repeating that matter to yourself and then imagining a different result. And let me tell you something. You can't go back in time and fix that. And you need to let that mess go. Let it go. Let it go. All it'll do is destroy you. It won't do you any good. Jesus had a particular message. And and, and, and this message has to go beyond these, these, these walls here. Because every last one of us is called to do great things in this life. Listen, say this with me. You have one chance in life. That's it. One chance. That's all you get. One chance. One. But listen to this. But you have many opportunities for finding that life. You know what that's called? That's called mercy. That's called grace. That's called compassion. That's called long-suffering. It's where the Holy Spirit calls you. And he beckons you to know this life. To come to this life. You got one chance, but he gives us all so many opportunities to hear his voice. I heard that voice. And years ago, in the Holy Spirit dealing with me because of the life I was living, I knew I was going to die. All my friends died. They were shot. They were killed. They were in car wrecks. They drowned. 
jumping off them cliffs. Stoned out of their mind. And when they screamed for help, nobody helped them. Everybody watched them die. Because nobody cared enough to risk their life to go save. I heard that voice. And I knew my days on this earth were coming to an end. And it was that grace. It was that mercy. It was that compassion. It was what you were talking about earlier. And then God put me around the right people at the right moment and at the right time. Then he started teaching me by putting me around the right people, but crazy people who would teach me that he was nothing like what they represented him. <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy, church was an experience for this old boy. It was a great experience. And you walk up in the church and you have my reputation. I mean, every preacher I met wanted to save me over and over and over again. Y'all remember them days? Lord have mercy. I woke up thinking I had sinned. I woke up believing I needed to repent. Lord have mercy. Let me tell you. It was his grace, his mercy. Everything about this chance of life. You only have one, but it gives you multiple opportunities. Can you say amen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? The dark world. It has a saying. You ain't about that life. It's the dark world. You're out there, you're on the street. You have a confrontation. There are some guys you just simply don't mess with because you ain't about that life. It's different. When these guys say they will kill you, they will kill you because they don't live by the same rules that we live by. You listening to me? They don't live by those rules. They have a different set of rules. And see, that's your warning. Especially if you're in a confrontation. You ain't about that life. It's also an invitation. For those that want to dare. To use that as an opportunity to be initiated into something. That this group of people will offer them. So they beat you in. To that life. You get beat into it. There you're supposed to be loyal. I can't use the phrases. You got to be loyal. And then when you look at it and you start understanding the gospel of the kingdom, you realize that Jesus could almost be said to be the original gangster. It's true. If you look at his language, if you look at everything, listen, Jesus comes on, 
saying. Let's, I'm getting ahead of myself. Everybody say Jesus. Because I believe the message that Jesus wanted to give us is, is kind of been lost in culture. The message of Jesus has been lost in men's greed. Can you say amen? It's been lost in, in doctrine and, 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 and things where it's just so much argument about so many things that don't make any sense. Right? Theological debates. Ceremonial debates. To understand the Bible, you've got to look at Jesus because Jesus did not complicate things. Well, you listen. The life of Jesus was pretty simple. He said, I got two rules for you. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, it's pretty simple. Right up until the second one. We don't have no problem loving God, but loving our neighbor. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Do you know that God never intended for us to have a religion? It was never meant for us to have a religion. We, we messed that one up really, 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 really bad. It's always been more about the kingdom. Let's go here. Understanding how it all works. Luke 4.18. Let's go there real quick. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty. Them that are bruised. Understand that Jesus coming out of the wilderness. John has baptized Jesus and Jesus has come out of the wilderness and he's there with the wild beast and the angels come and, and they minister unto him. He goes into Capernaum and begins to preach. Goes right into the synagogue. Begins to proclaim this gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Let me, let me tell some of you. Some of you, you got some trouble. I want to tell you that the gospel of the kingdom, the message of Jesus Christ is deliverance for you. Not being bound by rules. Not be bound by. Listen, when the spirit of the Lord really truly enters into your life, you don't need no rules. Amen. Are you listening? Come on, talk to me. You don't need no rules. He goes into Capernaum and what does he do? He begins to preach. And as he's preaching, the scribes are saying, he's not like the, 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 uh, everybody else. He, the, the, he's preaching with some type of authority. So he's not like the scribes. There's something about him. And about that time, an evil spirit speaks up and says, what do we have to do with you? Have you come to torment us before our time? 
Jesus says, OGP, shut up. Don't say nothing else. And he takes authority over that spirit and casts that spirit out. And people were astonished. Jesus goes down the road and what does he do? He sees Simon. He sees Andrew. He sees John. He sees James. And begins to call them and says, hey, you come and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And all of a sudden this gospel of the kingdom begins to be preached. When Jesus does so many amazing things, what does he do? He, he sees a group of lepers. You ain't supposed to touch a leper. He did it anyhow. You touch a leper. Now I got to go take a bath, you stinky self. Couldn't touch. Couldn't touch. It's a woman with an issue of blood that comes and she touches him. Not supposed to do it. As a man with a withered hand, it's on the Sabbath. What does he do? In spite of the, he does it. He heals him anyhow. What do they do? They get upset. How in the name of heaven are you going to get upset because a guy just got healed? That's religion. Come on, talk to me. That's religion. You could be saved, but you got to take them pants off women and wear dresses. And then every biblical movie I've ever seen, women are walking, men are walking around with dresses on. Wouldn't that be something if I come up here next week and I got a dress on? <laughs> Somebody said, don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> don't you tell me I won't do it. I do it for meanness. <laughs> well, but you, I just talking about I dare you. Y'all about to start something up in here. Well, I'll come in with a wig and makeup. <laughs> If you don't do it, you might as well do it right. Somebody say amen. amen. I, don't want, I don't want to be, chief is the ugliest woman i ever seen. I, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> How many of you love the Lord? Amen. You believe the Lord loves you? Amen. Then understand he never wanted a religion. And that the kingdom message is, is that there is deliverance for us and that you don't have to live with a broken heart you don't have to be bound by anything because the power of the gospel is that Jesus didn't only talk about it he showed us because he took authority over all the enemy he took authority over the wind he took authority over the sea he took authority of the dirt and when the man couldn't see he reached and spit in it and recreate it just like he did when he was in the garden making man to begin with are you listening this is the God that loves us this is the God that wants to take your life to a different place as I was growing up and being taught by the spirit I would sit amongst the preachers and I would listen to them talk. And I would know that they were not about this life. I could tell 
that they were more about their pastor's appreciation and they talked about their congregation. They, they talked about the power-hungry people in their congregation. And Oh, it was such an entertaining conversation to sit at the table and listen to all of them talk. We're living in a, a time where there's so much confusion about who God is. And there's this lack of power that has transpired into the church because we've gotten away from the message of the kingdom. And, and we've gotten into this cultured mindset and this greed mindset and this doctrinal mindset. When in all reality, if you follow Jesus' instructions, you're not going to be confused because you can't go wrong when you put God first in your life. Just can't. We make it too complicated. People want to know, first and foremost, that you are real. Look at your neighbor and say amen. amen. Let's go here, Acts 2, verse 37, 1142. Are you guys good? Listen to this. Now, when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles. Now, say this with me. What shall we do? Now, Peter had got up, and he had preached Jesus, preached him really well, and even told him, this Jesus, you're the ones that put him on the cross. And their hearts were pricked. And they said, how can we be saved? And he simply said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. The gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want to tell you that there are two things in this life. That you should experience. Number one, the forgiveness of your sins. And number two, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, well, I've heard all kinds of things and strange things about the baptism. That's because the people who were teaching you were strange. That's because they got it into doctrinal things. I want to tell you, you could be at home on your knees and God filled you with his Holy Spirit. Hmm? Are, are you listening to me? In fact, I think that God would prefer to do these things privately so that men don't, they stop taking credit for it. Right? I do. I believe that he would rather do it in private. Now listen, you say, well, what do I do? Number one qualification is there has to be a pricking in your heart. In other words, there comes this moment where you have to look at your life and realize that the life that you're living is not the life. Because Jesus offers us the life. He offers us the gift of eternal life. And so when I'm around religious people, it might sound a little funny, but I kind of I look to see if they're about this life. Because I can tell in just a matter of moments if they are. Or if they've been been ruined by religion. Hi, my brother. God bless you in the Lord. 
May the peace of the Lord be upon your life today. Shut up, dude. You, you, just say hey. You understand? How are you today in Jesus? Am I glowing? What? You see rings around me? What? Are angels singing? Stop being so fruity. Right? People don't, people don't like fruity people. Say amen. amen. It scares the bejeebies out of me for somebody to walk up to me and tell me, the Lord told me to tell you. <laughs> Am I deaf? He's got to go through your crazy self to tell me what he wants to tell me. He's going to tell me through your crazy self. Is this a rooster crowing again and I ain't listening? <laughs> I mean, listen, here's the way I look at it. God will go through extremes to speak to you himself. Right? To get your attention. It's true. Can you imagine? Balaam. On the donkey. Donkey sees the angel. Falls over. Balaam smacks the donkey. Gets back up. Donkey going. Donkey sees the angel. Oh! Donkey goes, oh! Fall. Smacks the donkey. Angel draws his sword. Donkey goes, you can beat me all you want. Boom. He falls. Falls on Balaam's leg. Balaam's just wailing on the donkey. And all of a sudden, God looses the donkey's mouth. And, and the donkey says to Balaam, why are you beating me? Ain't I been a good donkey? Ain't I always done what you've asked me to do? Are you blind? You can't see. And Balaam looks, now sees the angel. But before he sees the angel, he looks at the donkey and says, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you, donkey. You're talking about road rage. Donkey can't point, so donkey just goes, oh! <laughs> Man, see, the angel sword drunk, and the angel says, if it had not been for that donkey, I'd have killed you. Now, I thought about it a long time, about how God speaks to us. And how he wants to speak to us. And how sometimes we close our mind. And you understand how crazy you are when you go so far. Because I've heard people that was, would, would say that they were absolutely amazed. That that donkey spoke. A donkey talking. Like Shrek. Donkey talking. 
I remember the first time I told somebody this, I'm like, that don't impress me at all. God can do anything. I'm like, what got me was Balaam talking back to the donkey. Who talks back to a donkey? I mean, think about it. You know that you are out your ever-loving mind when the donkey's talking to you and you don't go, ah, why are you talking? That should have been the first thing. That's a donkey talking. I promise you, if I go home today and I open up that front door and Noni looks at me and says, how you doing? I'm going to be looking angels. Right? God wants to speak to you. That's why he got rid of the priest. God wants to talk to you. That's why he doesn't let your life be dependent upon anybody else. It's only dependent upon him. He no longer writes his laws on tablets of stone. He writes them into every man's heart. And it's mine. And everybody knows him from the least to the greatest. If you dare to believe and you will just honor God by getting along with him and talking to him like you got sense. Leave the King James out of it. Because that gets on his nerves. Just speak to him. Just talk to him. And if your heart is breaking, understand that he was placed on this earth to preach a kingdom message that simply said, the devil no longer is in charge. (laughs) The kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Jesus said, hey, watch this. he walked on the water and had a good time doing it I can imagine him smiling when all the disciples on that boat said ah, it's a ghost and Jesus was he's like watch this I'm going to get them good <laughs> oh God we're dying we're dying we're going to sink can you imagine Jesus Wake him up, which was the first mistake. As long as he's asleep, you're safe, right? You remember that message. I'd have like slapped somebody. As long as he's as long as he's cool, we're cool. Don't wake him up. He might get scared. Mm. <laughs> if he's asleep, we're safe. Right? Jesus just gets up, walks to the front. Be still. And the waves and the winds obey him. Can you imagine those disciples? Did you see that? When your relationship with him has this all factor in it, you're going to start trusting him more and more. I lost some of you. Who is he to you? Is he the God that's able to speak to the winds and the storms in your life? 
Or are you still running around the boat screaming, we're going to die? I need to say it again. What, what is he to you? Who is he to you? Because if he is Elohim, if he's the all-sufficient one, then this eternal life that he promises us has to move beyond these walls. It has to be a part of your everyday life. And let me tell you something. Whatever you are facing and whatever you are going through, we have a God that is able to do exceedingly above all that you can even ask or think. Come on. I'm glad I did not die in that paraplane. I am. I mean, going to heaven with my country redneck, I know Matthew would be preaching multiple sermons on me. I'm like... You know, let him go first, Lord. Let me, you know, do it for him. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't, I'm 58 years old, fixing to be. Here's what I'm noticing. That Jesus is the same. And I'm the only one changing. His message hasn't changed. I promise you at 92, 94, me checking out of here, I want the angels in my room, and I want to scare the bejeebies out of some people. <laughs> there he is. Who? You can't see him. He didn't come for me. He's come for you. <laughs> Here he comes. You get to give him. You know, people are gonna get saved one way or another. <laughs> Is it real? I'm closing. John, crazy John. John just crazy. Hard, hard man, hard man to live with. His wife, faithful to him, stayed by his side. True story. She was dying, dying of cancer. And I went to see her and I sat down. And she refused all the medicine because she wanted to be in her right mind. And so... As I'm talking to her, she looks at me and she simply says, do you see him? And I say, do I see who? She says, do you see him? And I'm like, what, what you talking about, sweet lady? She said, he's standing right there. Do you see him? And I looked and I didn't see anything. But I felt it. And she says, he's come for me. I know that. She says, so I know that I'm fixing to leave. And she began to talk to me about her husband. I never forget 
the presence that I felt and the peace that I saw on this woman. And she says, I won't be here. And that night about 2 o'clock, while she was talking to me in her own right mind and everything else, when I left, a few hours later, she had passed away. And I looked up toward the heavens and I'm like, I appreciate you letting me experience that. Seeing that, feeling that. I want to tell you that here's one thing for certain that we're all going to pass away. And that you have the opportunity to have life. And it's a life that our Savior has provided. And you don't have to walk around with a 20-pound Bible and be religiously fruity, simple. Just love Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And start learning how to apply that to other people. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that your Holy Spirit just begin to flow. You see, as we're, we're gathered here in your name, in your honor, and folks, there's all kinds of stuff that people are going through. And Father, I thank you that we know that you care. And I ask, Lord, right now for your favor to rest upon this place. And in Jesus' name, let your Holy Spirit just minister to each and every heart. For just a moment, will you just honor him by standing as we get ready to close out this service? And just begin to talk to him right out of your own heart. Maybe you have a need that is troubling you. I want to tell you that he cares about what you care about and he loves what you love thank you